0: Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster, the show where we talk about everything you need
1: to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hi, friends. Today, we're going to be doing something a bit different to normal. We're actually going to be looking at biohacking your brain and longevity Um, It's a very interesting episode today because I'm joined by Dr. Neil Paulvin, who has an incredible practice specializing in anti-aging, health optimization, and biohacking. And he works with celebrities, Fortune 500 entrepreneurs, and athletes, among other individuals. And he combines personalized functional medicine, manual therapy, and a truly holistic approach, which is 360 degree in nature with progressive programming to help you feel better live better, and perform better. He's also an expert in the area of peptides, which you may not have heard much about. Peptide therapy isn't exactly new, but it is newer to the US and the UK. It's been used for a long time, showing true efficacy in its ability to progress healing and optimization goals in a way that other treatments haven't been able to before. Some of the benefits include modulating your immune system, reducing pain and inflammation, enhancing fat loss and muscle growth, and also enhancing peak performance. Now peptides are insanely versatile and they can really help you heal from injury um, and really just help to upgrade your performance in a variety of ways. And today we're going to be diving into different peptide stacks that you can use, the kind of doses you need to use and Also, um, how you can use them to really biohack your brain and your longevity. So they can kind of be grouped into categories. There are peptides that you use for longevity and regeneration. There are ones that you can use for cosmetic and anti-aging on your skin and also for your hair growth. There are some that you can use for pain and inflammation reduction. There are even peptides like BPC-157 that you can use for... um, gut health and it's shown great potential to reduce digestive inflammation and aid in the repair of the gut lining, to combat things like leaky gut and Crohn's disease and IBS and then there are also some other peptides that you can use to really enhance neurology and cognition and then also weight loss and muscle building. So they really are super diverse Um, and we're going to be taking a look at these today with Dr. Paulvin. It is quite a technical episode and so do head over to my website AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast if you want to download the transcript and the show notes and anything. Else that we link to. Um, Dr. Paulvin does do teleconsults um, to um, prescribe these peptides. And uh, what I would say is. this isn't something you should be doing on your own you should 100% be working with a qualified doctor on any peptide stacks that you're using the timing the doses and the cycles both to optimize the effectiveness and also to keep you safe so you can um, find everything about Dr. Polvin on his website which is drpolvin.com but let me now introduce you to him Um, I think you're going to learn a lot today so without further ado let me introduce you to Dr. Polvin So, I'm excited to be joined today by Dr. Neil Porvin, who is based in New York City. He has an amazing practice that specializes in anti aging, health optimization, and biohacking. And he works with athletes, celebrities, Fortune 500 entrepreneurs. And today we're going to get into a lot of different areas of brain um, health optimization. We're going to dive into some peptides and also into longevity. So first of all, Dr. Paulman, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm happy to hop on here and uh, have a great conversation.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to kind of dive into the detail. So let's start, because I've had some specific requests. I haven't covered peptides on the podcast before, and so I have been getting some requests um, to cover this. Can you, first of all, if we just start to break it down kind of quite simply for people, um, give them a sort of an overview of peptides and why people might want to start using them?
0: Sure. Um, Peptides have become huge in the last year or so. Um, peptides are usually small complexes of amino acids could be as small as three or four up to five there's some that are over a h- couple hundred in length. um what they work on specific areas they may work on a specific hormone they may work on a specific enzyme pathway they may work on a specific area um, to achieve a lot of different um results the main the they now the list is probably 50 different things. Now, the main things that I use it for, I describe it to people. is really it's about four to five different buckets. It's definitely, there are three or four that really work well for gut health. There's about five or six that work really well to help either to in, help an injured brain or somebody who has brain fog or just optimize brain health um, for those p- people who just want to have their brain like at an 11. Uh, there's people, there's a great good bunch of them for recovery, for sports and for sports um, performance and recovery. Then there's the other bucket is for anti aging longevity uh, and work on the mitochondria. And then the last bucket is the, what I call the vanity peptides that it work on hair loss, erectile dysfunction, weight loss. Um, so that's kind of the, where they go. Um, and the other w- question I always get asked is it's not just injecting yourself anymore with this uh, needle, and people don't like needles. It, you can do them as a cream, a nose spray, there's hair foam, there's no sprays there are pills so you can take it in varying form certain ones work better in certain formulations but it's not just something you have to inject yourself with
1: okay amazing so that's good to know because I know so a few people that have been asking questions ahead of this interview when they knew you were coming on um, actually don't necessarily want to inject um, so first of all let's look at brain optimization it's a specific interest of mine and I know it is of many of the listeners I'm always trying to get my um, creativity and focus really dialed in. And also as someone who carries one copy of APOE4, I'm really focused on kind of how to keep my smarts and prevent things like dementia. Um, What kind of peptides and in what formulations can you use to enhance, like effectively using them as nootropics?
0: There's a bunch. Um, There are... The lower there's one that I love. It's probably easier to get actually in Europe than it is in where I'm at in the U.S. Something called Cerebral Lysin. Um, Cerebral Lysin is like the, the Holy Grail at this point. Um, it works on many different things. It has a uh, neuroplasticity effect where it can actually boost neuroplasticity. It helps inflammation. It acts as an atropic. So it has it does like every check mark you'd want to boost your brain. Um, that one, uh, is derived. It's originally derived in, in Russia. Um, it can be optimally is either done as an injection, um, for like usually a cycle of about 20 days, several times a year, or I mean, a lot of times in my practice, I'll also do as an IV. Um, then we'll do that same time, like two or three times at a, a um, in a session. And then we have them spread out unless somebody's doing like a traumatic brain injury or something like that. We do it over a longer period. Um some of the other ones are a little easier to use um, at home would be something called CMAX or CLANC. Um they both work on some of the neurotransmitters in the brain. They're both nose sprays. Um they're kind of on the lower level, they're like a two or a three I tell patients. Um they also help uh, with a little bit of brain inflammation, but mostly they work on uh working on the neurotransmitters. Um Then you have uh, the other stronger one, which is something called Dihexa, which works on the angiotensin system. Um, It's usually done as a cream, which is great. So, again, you don't have to worry about injecting it. Um, I usually do it for a month or two. It's great for as a nootropic, as for patients who have brain fog. Um, It also helps with, um, again, I use it a lot of my patients who have like a traumatic brain injury or Lyme disease or fibromyalgia because it works on both groups of patients, which is really incredible. It's usually one of the ones where I see the quickest response and then you can combine it with things that are not quote-unquote true peptides things like NAD, RG3 which is the ginseng um, uh, derivative. Um, people are now loving oxytocin. Uh, the love drug is also can be added in there as kind of complementary so that's the really the core set and, then, patient, and then, then that's really the ones that we're using for brain right now. Uh, the, one of the ones you mentioned before BPC-157 uh, is also helpful in terms of brain health, it helps with decreasing inflammation. It may help a little bit with neuroplasticity as well.
1: Okay, cool. So so on those, the first one that you mentioned, you were talking about doing it on like a few times a year on a 20-day cycle. What does that involve? Does that involve um, a patient coming in and having injections daily for 20 days or what, what's the routine around that? Are these in-clinic um, delivery, not obviously not the creams and the nasal spray.
0: Now, most I have one or two patients who are local, who have the time to do it. Most patients who do that um, are the ones who are very comfortable injecting themselves, so using more advanced patients, advanced biohackers, or just patients who have, I mean, patients who maybe be unfortunately diabetic or something, where they're used to doing the injection. Um, so they're usually doing it at home. Um, the only time that I'm doing the injection would be if they're in their office or something else, or it's also happened to be really great for like tendinopathy. And sport injuries, like I had a, had a bad hamstring issue, I injected myself in the hamstring and within two days, it was pretty much gone. Um, but, but otherwise, it, it, most patients are self-injecting it. Okay. Um, it's just and much so you basically
1: that. send it to their home and then they do it themselves?
0: I either give it to them in the office or I send it to their to their home. I do that with a lot of the ones. A lot of my patients, once they get started and they get their program going, I'll mail it to their wherever they live and, and they just run it with it from there. They get the needles and they're on their way.
1: And um, in terms of like, how often they would need to do that, so for example, they would do that a few times a year basically to boost the effects, and how quickly would they expect to see some of those benefits taking place?
0: I mean, most patients of mine will do it two or three times a year. Some will do it as part of um, a lot of my, more and more common, that patients who are doing like an anti-aging stack two or three times a year. Um, they'll combine with some of the other peptides. They may do some like synolytics or some other stuff you may have talked about in other shows. Um, or mix it with like an NED-type booster. Um, so they usually do about two or three times a year. I know when I've done it, a, a lot of patients get a really quick result. I mean, it may be a couple days, um, and they'll really start feeling it um, in terms of the brain effects of it. Um, I've had patients who have taken maybe up to a week, but usually after the first, maybe the second dose. I mean, sometimes we do do what we call a loading dose. So we'll taper the dose up a little bit every time I see patients. Um, they usually will definitely feel it pretty quickly, at least after the second dose. Um, you know it's working.
1: Yeah, you know it. And um, are there any kind of side effects that they can expect? Are there any kind of contraindications? people who can't
0: take it? Don't we? Um, not only any side effects, you will get a little flush. Like if uh, anybody who's out there is ever taking like niacin or just had some type of reaction or NAD will have that flushing sensation sometime. Not from niacin, but they feel the same way. You have to go pretty slow with it. Um, Otherwise, it may be a burning sensation. Uh, But it's not really any contraindication in that regard. It does come from pig brain. So, anybody who has an opposition to that or religious reasons, that's really the only contraindication. Um, Because patients or some patients just don't want to take anything from an animal. But otherwise, no.
1: Otherwise, there's not. Okay. Um, And you mentioned there as well, in terms of like anti aging, for example. Um, and you can use ones that are creams, they can help with hair loss, they can help with skin health. What are the effects that you've seen then in terms of people? I guess there's two things, right? There's the kind of skin health aspect in terms of actually looking younger, and then there's kind of the inside out where we're actually seeing people reversing biological age. I know that some of them have been linked, for example, to telomere lengthening. Um, can you just explain a little bit more for people how that works?
0: Sure. Let me do I'll do. We'll do it systematically so my, makes it clearer is that, yeah, definitely there's some cosmetic peptides for skin health um, that are done through microneedling um, for, uh, in terms of just strict derm- uh, dermatological procedures. Um, one is GHK copper. Um, another one is called, which is really good for inflammation to deal with collagen buildup. Um, and that you see pretty regularly. I've also had patients who have had acne or some type of skin rash. And you do one of the skin peptides and it does decrease, uh, makes it go away. Um, then you have what they now are calling, quote unquote, the Botox peptides. They're not t- totally equivalent to Botox, but they if you mix that in with the GHK. It does give you some benefit, especially if you do the microneedling, get it when you do get your any type of skin microneedling done. Um, and then there's a couple other minor skin peptides. And again, uh, so that's the more external ones. Uh, TB form, B- uh, thymosin and beta form, BBC are also used for hair. Um, procedure, as well as a couple of the other ones, um, including GHK copper. Uh, So that's kind of the external. The internal, uh, there's a bunch. I mean, I'll go kind of pretty simply with them. I mean, the one you mentioned, I know you mentioned telomere length. That's what's called the pitalon. That was pretty popularized by a doctor in Russia who I'm missing his name off the top of my head at the moment. But that's also done in usually a 10 to 20-day cycle, depending on how you want to do it. Um, I have my patients doing it every three days for 15 days at a pretty high dose. Um, and that, again, will help with anti-aging, helps with oxidative stress, helps lengthen, lengthen telomeres, also helps work on the pineal gland, which regulates your part of your chicaning rhythm and helps with your sleep. So it's got a lot of wonderful effects with it. Um, there are now a bunch of mitochondrial peptides. The mitochondria, for those who don't know, is the energy part of your cell, which um, your battery. So it's been affected, diminished, then it's going to cause a lot of different issues. Now there's been studies linking it to Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, if there's what's called, if there's damage, inflammation, what's called oxidative stress, um, which is inflammation from free radicals that are fighting off toxins and other things. Um, so there's a bunch of mitochondrial peptides in the last year have been shown through studies to, in, to, in theory, boost uh, increased lifespan. One is called MTC. One is called MOTC. The other one is SS31. SS31 is um, really gotten the most publicity at this point uh, in the sense of that it does work on as an antioxidant in the mitochondria and helps the cell. Um, it also has been shown now, we're using it now in patients who have uh, Alzheimer's, and, uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. MOTC um, works on the AMPK system. Um, Helps boost, insulin sensitivity, and also may help uh, with longevity. Um, the other ones that are used for longevity are some called thymus and alpha-1, which, and thymine, which work on the immune system. Um, and those are pretty much, and cerebrolysin also, like I said, is used for anti-aging. So those are the six that we use kind of as, as the core um, for anti-aging regimen um, with other, with a whole other protocols as well.
1: Speaking of all things longevity today, I just want to interrupt today's show to tell you about a free masterclass that I have running at the moment where you can learn about how to biohack your genetics for longevity. I've done literally hundreds of these tests on clients to help them understand their genetics and really optimize their epigenetic expression. And so I've been asked for a long time, how can people find out more about DNA testing, how to use it? How to understand things like your carb sensitivity, your fat sensitivity, what sleep chronotype you are, the way you process things like dopamine and your stress response, your risk for certain types of cancers or diseases, your ancestry, just so much information you can find by looking at your own genetics. And so if you're interested in this, she have a masterclass where you can go and find out all about it. All you need to do is head over to AngelaFosteracademy.com forward slash master hyphen your hyphen metabolism. And I dive there into all of the detail on longevity and really developing metabolic flexibility and how understanding your genetics can help you do just that. It's completely free. Um, It's running at the moment. So just head over to www.angelafostomacademy.com forward slash master hyphen your hyphen metabolism. Now let's get back to Dr. Paul then um super interesting and so what about for example for i guess just to sort of make it a little bit easier for people to understand um say for example i know you do a lot with hormone testing as well um if we're looking at women first of all in sort of perimenopausal women in their late sort of 40s early 50s um what would the kind of stack be that you would recommend for someone like that. So often they're, they're te- they've got difficulty sleeping, they're having hot flashes, they're maybe experiencing some brain fog. Um, you know, they feel like they're getting that loss of collagen in their skin where estrogen levels are going lower. What kind of thing would you recommend?
0: Um, that's usually a combo. It's usually a combo of traditional bioidentical hormones or supplements. Um, it's a, that's usually a bigger portion in terms of women's health. Um, I mean, we, a lot of times, like you said, we will give them um, some skin peptides like the GHK copper um, to help with the inflammation. Uh, we do usually will give them, we can give them a pitolon to help regulate their sleep if they're having sleep issues. Um, there's also a, a, a kind of the offshoot of what's called uh, peptides called bioregulators, um, which work on specific hormone systems that are kind of the cousins of peptides, some called pinealon, which works really well for sleep as well. Um, a little bit easier to use the Neopilon. We use that. Um, and then we also definitely will use uh, either BPC or thymus and beta four to help the patients as well. Um, that's going to help with brain health. That's going to help with their brain fog. It's going to help with any joint pain or gut issues they may have. Um, it's also been shown, the BPC especially has especially been shown to help with some female issues um, in terms of like hormone dysregulation. So, that's kind of where we start. Also, uh, BBC is great because it does help with um, kind of the anxiety, depression. It works on serotonin and dopamine. So, if there's any mood issues, anxiety, or insomnia, it works. Really, it's a nice little add-on. It has like no side, really, very few side effects with it. So, it's definitely a go-to for female health as well. This is
1: the BPC one five seven.
0: Exactly. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. And that in itself helps with gut health as well and lowering inflammation.
0: Oh yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I've had I've had patients with chronic gut issues. Um, we start them on that either as an injection or orally, and within two months, they usually all a lot of them will feel better. And I've had a couple of patients who have had a colonoscopy right before I, they started it, and then a colonoscopy afterwards. And the, their doctors are like, "What did you take? Your gut looks this much looks so much better. There's less inflammation. You have like Crohn's or also colitis. It's it's heal. It's heal it at least partially, if not completely." So it's, it's, it's really great for gut health. Another one that's kind of come on the scene is KPV, um, which is what, um, which works on a TL4 receptor, which is also really great for gut health. Um, a lot of times we we'll use that for patients more have like a, either a candidate overgrowth or SIBO, just small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, and it works really well. It's also really great for psoriasis. Um, so we'll throw that in there as well. But gut health is something that I've had really good success with when the, the other things haven't worked
1: okay amazing um so that's the one that you would use for sebo is it because i had a question around that are there any that would help with sebo
0: um we use uh, i'll usually start somebody on kpv um and then i'll also add in uh ll37 afterwards that has to be done really slowly with most patients because a lot of patients may react poorly to it initially they may have what we i not a traditional Hertz reaction but it's a really Release of inflammatory chemicals, so you want to kind of really go slowly, but it works really well for patients who can tolerate it.
1: Okay, what kind of reaction would they experience with that? Then, and you say it can be a bit inflammatory. Would it affect their bowel movements? Would it cause um, gastric discomfort? What would they expect?
0: They may get a little discomfort. They may get a little again a little like a flush sensation. They may get a little bit of brain fog. They may get a little bit of infl- like a, kind of like body aches. I guess you would call it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can get all those symptoms. Some people have a really bad reaction to it because you're killing off an infection so that the body's just getting rid of it. So it's some of those toxins are being released into your system. And if your system's not ready for it, then you'll kind of feel like you have a mild flu or just like some bodies for a day or two. Um, we, I usually prep patients beforehand for it. Um, give them some supplements to take before. Um, and it's really not usually an issue as long as you go slow.
1: Okay. And, um, on the BPC, just going back to that, because that sounds like a p- pretty wonderful one in terms of its all-round ability, what's the best way for people to have that? Is that both in oral form and injectable? Does it make a difference?
0: Um, I tend, to, unless it's a very local injury, like if you have a rotator cuff tear or like a, a knee, knee sprain or something, or something like that, I still tend to recommend doing the injectable. Um, I just find that it gets everywhere better. Um, if it's a local area, then I'll either inject it, like you would have a cortisone shot. It's the same thing, or I'll have the patient inject around that area if they if I feel they're comfortable doing that. Um, or I'll, that otherwise, I'll have them either do if it's a local area, um, or they're not doing or they're having a gut issue. I may have them do orally if I feel they can absorb it. Um, there's mm-hmm. also a cream for local injuries as well, um, but eighty percent of my patients start on the injections at least, as long as I, the they they're comfortable doing it.
1: And how often would they need to be injecting with that one if they were to go down that route? Is that a cycle or is that something that you use on a continual basis?
0: How do I answer that? Uh, Most patients do it daily at least for six weeks to two months. Um, At least six weeks if it's like an acute injury. If you're trying to do it with gut health, I usually have patients on it for two months daily. Um, That's usually – and then I have patients who have been on it for six months. Um, I have patients who are, I have hardcore athletes and trainers that just abuse their body and they pretty much will do it for about four to six months straight. I'll get, have them take a, a month or two off and kind of replace it or do nothing and then go back on it because they just, they just find the recovery is just incredible. And
1: the- mm, amazing. And are there any kind of downsides for people that want to start, as you say, it's really kind of come into its own in the last 12 months. It's pretty new. Like how much do we know about this in terms of downsides?
0: Um, It depends which ones you're talking about um, because a lot of them, the downsides are, especially I see, unfortunately in the patients who have chronic illness more than the the optimizer or the biohacker um, because unfortunately their immune systems and their inflammatory systems are just not as good. And they may, you have to go a little slow with them. They may get an anxiety reaction or they may get inflammatory throughout their body just because their system can't handle it. You usually have to, Either look like a switch them to every other day, or there's some that just can't tolerate certain peptides. Um, in terms of the regular ones, the ones that the general public would have any type of downside with, we um, are the growth hormone boosting ones. We have to be really careful. We can get really what we call hangry, where you get hungry and, and a mood string and mood swings potentially. So that's when you really want to make sure that you're not doing on your own. Uh, you definitely want to make sure that you're following with a, a health practitioner who knows what they're doing with it. Um, That's the major one. I'm trying to think, uh, thymus and alpha one, the immune system peptide, which is really great for viral illnesses and other things that one, some people may also have kind of like a, a, reaction with your, with either rash, not rash, but a flushing sensation or some myalgias with it. So again, that's something that we have to be careful with. Otherwise, most of them, I'm trying to think, honestly, there's really not a lot of downside for most patients. Um, I'm trying to think, the hair ones no, yeah, the skin ones no, yeah, pretty much. The other ones that there is an issue with, or ones we haven't gotten into, um, they're called the they work on the melanocytes. Um, they used to be called the tanning peptides, and we've kind of gone away from them a little bit. Um, but they do help with the weight. Um, there's what's called PT one forty one, melanin tan one and two. Um, they initially were found because they would give people a tan. So in the summertime, instead of people going to the beach, they just wanted to get a tan. And now we found they're really good for brain function um, as well as sexual function um, where you may get a really bad irregular tan. If you take too fast or the wrong dose, um, most people you know, look really tan and you can get, you'd be very spot. So that's the other one that you want to make sure you're working with a doctor with. Um, you may get
1: what, sorry, you may get too tan. Did you say you get like a effect? really,
0: if you're somebody like who's I don't know if who's very, uh, has a very white skinned or pale skinned person, you're going to get very dark, very potentially quickly.. Wow. And but
1: it look, all evenly dark, or could you end well, up with some like potential
0: you know, pigmentation issues or: That was the next thing. Yeah, you can get very a spotty yeah. issue. and again, I'm, okay. I'm on the paler side, so I don't rec- I make sure patients who are on the paler side know that going in, especially since it's what's mentioned one I mentioned before, KPV doesn't really have those side effects and gives a lot of the same benefits now. so you don't have to worry about that unless you do want to get tanned. But it's not like going to a tanning bed, or I don't recommend tanning beds but if you're doing things more naturally. So that's the other one that has the other major side effect. Most of them are, are luckily pretty clean. And that's what's great about them compared to prescription medications because you don't have to deal with many side effects. Um, that's why, again, that's why they're getting more and more popular because they work really well and have less side effects.
1: And um, in terms of like skin health, you were mentioning like some of them work better with derma rolling and things. Are they topical ones that you would put in then? Are they being injected into this face or are they um, like a cream that you could basically incorporate as part of your skincare routine?
0: They're all creams. They either come separate or together. Um, so there, a lot of them, are, a lot of women, even now I have men using it as part of their skincare routine, depending on what they're trying to do. If they're just trying to look younger, trying to get rid of wrinkles, if they're trying to build up some collagen naturally if they have some redness and especially like around in the cheeks or around the forehead, they'll use that as well, but that could, be, they're all used as cream formation, uh, cream formulation. So, and a lot of patients like it, that, again, it's something a little bit simpler to do sometimes than having a run to the dermatologist or plastic surgeon and get their Botox or filler and things like that.
1: Yeah. And uh, potentially better for you as well, right. Than putting something like Botox in. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And, um, Okay, so in terms of like you mentioned as well there that there are some that can enhance sleep. What have you seen with that specifically, and how have you sort of measured it? Have you seen that their um, time that they're sleeping, are they less wake up? Are they getting better quality in terms of like slow wave, deep sleep? Is it increasing REM sleep? I mean, imagine there are differences, but just I'm just curious in terms of what kind of benefits you can get in terms of sleep optimization.
0: Um, You get all the above, depending on which ones you're using, and it depends who you're using it in. I mean, I've had patients who have been on the growth hormone peptides, which are CJC, anipamorelin, IGF-1, people may have heard of MK677. They all are going to help with sleep, as part of growth hormone does, especially if you're taking it at night. Um, They'll they'll A, tell you just qualitatively, yes, my sleep is better. And then some patients have actually checked it on their – whatever their – wearable choices, whoop, aura ring, whatever. And the data actually backs it up where they're getting deeper um, REM sleep as well. Um, And they're getting longer REM sleep. Um, So that has been proven both ways. Um, Then you have the ones, like I mentioned before, that work on the pineal gland, which work more on regulating the circadian rhythm, which I use more in patients who have chronic insomnia, who've tried like everything else known to mankind from melatonin to DNA and whatever else they happen to be using. And it's worked more than 50% of the time, especially I mentioned pineal um, it's a low dose. It is an injection before bedtime every day. So patients will tend to use only when they having those really tough nights. Um, but it's also again that's um, not shown as much quality uh, quantitative data, like on a wearable, but a lot of patients say, Hey, I, I, my sleep's 50 50, 60% better just by taking this at bedtime. Um, mm-hmm. Plus we add, you add in like really good sleep hygiene um, with it and it works. Um, so it depends on who you're talking to. There's people who just want to take it just to have better sleep than they already have. So their, their whoop score is better. And there's people who actually have chronic medical issues like insomnia. So it works for both of them.
1: And when it, on the one that you mentioned there that works on the pineal gland, could you use that in terms of accessing more of a kind of flow state, getting into a deeper meditation? Could you use it for that purpose?
0: People have tried it. Um, not a lot of great success i know people have done with the uh, the apelon more um it helps a little bit it's not what i primarily use it for mm-hmm. um that's usually more the technology or just other things that you would potentially use for it that's not really a go-to for it at least from a patient i've talked to so far with it um they get more of that with like a C- nad or something like that or other other supplements that are out there so that's not a go-to they, for it
1: what they've enhanced their meditation with nad
0: NAD because it helps the circadian rhythm. Okay. They may use other things as well. Um, but uh, some things that are a little more, on, I'm not sure in where you are, mushrooms are legal or other things they're using. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're using other things that are, have just more bang for the buck than. Uh, yeah,
1: using psychedelics.
0: Peps. Psychedelics yeah. or things like that that work better mm-hmm. for them to get into that flow state, zeanine or other things that work better.
1: Yeah, 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 which are not legal here, uh, mostly in the UK. Um, but very um, interesting. Okay. And have you, in terms of the, like the anti-aging benefits, I just wanted to look at like with you, have you, is there like a particular, because there's quite a few on the market at the moment in terms of assessing like biological age um, have you been doing any of that where you've looked at people's biological age and then actually done any of these protocols and actually looked at the effects later and seeing whether there's any reversal? And I'm just curious as to which kind of biological age testing you might use.
0: Um, I'm a bigger fan of the two diagnostics. Um, I like it. I think it has the most data behind it. Um, so I have patients who are doing it. I'm right now in between my first batch and their second test. So I haven't been able to document. Okay, you're on this anti-aging regimen. Look at your scores. There's a lot of, um, but so I'm really curious to see that. Um, that'll probably won't happen for a couple months yet, because um, a lot of them just started doing the first test at the end of 2020. Um, so that regard, I have I can't. There's not as much like a wearable or testing proof yet to it. Um, I know patients have said they feel better. They have more energy. They say they have more clarity with it. So I've got qualitative evidence that it works especially the people who do kind of the full protocol as opposed to kind of dabbling in it. But even the patients who do one or two things um, have usually a positive thing to say about how they feel afterwards, but we're still trying to work on, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, this just a strict telomere testing. I find that do different tests. They kind of have different results. Um, so I'm kind of to figure out what I'd love to, my go-to is for a telomere test, but in terms of the biological age testing, um, I'm going to wait in. I think the two diagnostics will give us some really good information.
1: Mm -hmm. interesting because there seems to be a disparity when people do these tests in terms of what age they can get if you look at like comparatively say between like glycan age versus tele years versus um some of the others like the methylation tests and things some of them can make them years younger and then others they come out and they're very close to their chronological age
0: yeah exactly that's why um Mm -hmm. i'm still playing with them i mean i have patients who who ask have Heard about them on other, po- on other podcasts or read them online. They just do them. And there's still there's no set data which one's the most accurate. Mm. Um, so it's we're still learning that. Um, yeah. I think if you really want to, you need to do one or two tests just to see if to get a consistent answer. Um, I like the me- ones that are based more on the methylation clocks. And there's a couple more coming out this year, um, supposedly, um, that may even be better than the ones that are out there now. that have actual real data behind it. I know Horvath has another one coming out. who's kind of one of the inventors of the methylation clock. Um, yeah. So I think it's that's the one where it's going to take some shaking out to really see what, which are valid and which are kind of just uh, not that great information.
1: Yeah, sure. And on the recovery side, like you were mentioning in terms of recovery with athlete, you work quite a bit with athletes um, and things like that. Have you noticed that any of these or anything, I guess anything that you're doing really, Um, is really able to impact HRV, either in athletes who maybe are experiencing overtraining or or commonly what I'll see with, um, you know, is with entrepreneurs, for example, if they've been pushing themselves too hard um, and and other kind of executives and professionals, then it really starts to impact their HRV. And when it's consistently low, it becomes a lot harder to sort of move it up. What have you found in your practice um, has helped to sort of move the needle the most on that?
0: In terms of HRV, I mean, really, it's when two, um, it's some of the, like a CMAX or c um that has been shown to, then it's shown, but it helps in terms of calm them down, which calms down the sympathetic nervous system. Um, the other one that i found it just kind of anecdotally is the BPC-157, um, because it does have the, both the mood issue, the, not the mood issue, but the, it affects the brain with the serotonin dopamine effects, plus it's decreasing inflammation, so you're both those things should definitely help to raise your HRV. It um, hasn't been, I mean, there's no clinical studies showing that any of them, any of the peptides will, will re, um, reset the HRV. Also the ones that work on the pineal gland, the, the uh, epitilon and the um, penilon may help as well. Um, but again, that's all kind of anecdotal at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because but- you saw something kind of, that it's just so, so new. Um, okay. And, um, I guess, so I'm just trying to think how I sort of phrase this, I guess. So if you are looking at somebody who is at the moment, like they're feeling really overstretched, like a lot of people at the moment, you know, it's been a crazy year last year. The start to 2021 hasn't been without a it's bumpy, it's bumps already in terms of a lot of people are kind of locked down, a lot of people are struggling um, with mood issues, for example, um, and also just general anxiety I've seen in many people has gone up. Um, is there anything that you're on the peptide front that you're finding is helping with that? And are there any contraindications, for example, for people who are taking any um, SSRIs or anything
0: like that? Now with, with the peptides as much, I tend... That watch them because they may not need as a higher dose as they did before. I tell them to make sure if they're on psychiatric meds to make sure they're let they're whoever's prescribing them know, but not really major side effects. Um, I use either the C-Lank or the C-Max as, um, in terms of the anxiety component and the mood component. Um, I had a lot of them on the BPC-157 again um, because just of the, all the benefits that it has, it's going to help heal their gut. If there's any type of gut issues or stress-induced issues, it's going to help uh, increase energy because it also boosts nitric oxide. There's a lot of other things in the mitochondria. It also is going to help in terms of the brain. So it's just such a wonderful – it checks up all those boxes for patients. I mean, that's usually a good place to start. And like I said, if they are having sleep issues, and we add in some of the sleep ones. Um, another one I didn't mention is called DSIP, um, which is a deep sleep-inducing peptide off the top of my head um, and also helps to kind of regulate sleep. So that's kind of my go-to starter pack with the patients who are just are dealing with the stress of COVID and or what and what's going on in our society right now um, and then we kind of mix and match based on how aggressive they want to be and what specific issues are having.
1: Mm-hmm. And have you seen anyone um, any patients that you've been able to help with these sort of protocols who've had long COVID and who are really really struggling because I know back there you mentioned things like chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia have you seen any improvements in patients who've had who are experiencing now long COVID and they're feeling
0: really, really fatigued? Yeah, so we've had really good success with the patients on long COVID. Again, none of these have, only Thymus and Alpha-1 has studied specifically with COVID at this point. Um, I know there's there's initial studies going on with the rest, but just because of symptom-based, we've been doing a lot of treatment for the, for the patients who are, we call them long haulers or long COVID and had pretty decent success somewhat quickly. So um, um, we use, the one I mentioned for is dihexa, which is great patients who have any type of brain issue. Um, and any type of inflammatory issues, we're definitely using um, the thymus and beta 4 and the, um, the BPC-157 again. Um, since a lot of this unfortunately is an immune reaction, we're using the um, thymus and alpha 1 with really good success as well. Um, we're usually using a little bit higher doses. A lot of some of us are doing IV dosing as opposed to just having the patient self-inject. Um, so those are really the peptides um, that we're using. LL37, which we brought up a little bit before, also has shown some success with the patients um, as part of our protocol for the long um, for long COVID patients at this point. And a lot of them have some, have had just some, some, some are all symptomatic relief at this point, combined with some other things that are out there.
1: And what have you, um, in terms of how have you combined that then with lifestyle measures? So, for example, because some people... Um... You know, they're not able to have, obviously, this is helping them, um, but they're not able to necessarily take the time to fully recover. So like, you know, high level executives or, for example, athletes, um, what have you found in terms of like lifestyle medicine that you're practicing um, in terms of helping them get them back on track?
0: Well, specifically with COVID or just in general or?
1: Um, I guess two things really at the moment that I see is is for for people with COVID who've had long COVID and then also just people who are feeling the stresses and the strain. So obviously anything that you're doing here has to be used presumably alongside a good nutritional protocol, you know, full of antioxidants, good sleep practices. But I think that the thing that I've noticed and and particularly when I've worked with um, companies, um, corporates at the moment is sleep. It's a huge issue, as is um, the anxiety. But I think where people are overwhelmed and so many businesses are kind of in that stage of having to pivot quite a bit, the volume of work um, for for most employees has actually gone up significantly. Obviously, there's a section of the population who are on furlough and they're actually working a lot less. But then there's also another section of the population who's working harder than they've ever worked. Um, I'm just curious if apart from the peptides, have you been using anything else or is there like a... Specific stack, you've mentioned AD, NAD that you would put alongside that, are just helping people really meet the demands and kind of bring it every day?
0: Yeah, um, what we're using is depending on what the situation is. I'm trying to think. Um, uh, one thing that we're using a lot of is melatonin, sometimes at higher doses, and people are using reg- regularly has worked well. Um, actually, high dose melatonin is actually really good for inflammation taken during the day, but melatonin, also may have a specific effect. If you do have COVID, there's a bunch of studies going on now to to see if it actually will help treat COVID itself. It's definitely become part of the stack. Um, Dianine has become a big part in terms of both with sleep and anxiety. Uh, CBD products have become a big add-on. We're using that uh, with.
1: And is that using like the full spectrum CBD?
0: Optimally, yes. Yeah. Uh, If we if they can get it, Um, Mm -hmm. so. Um, it's used with that. Uh, we are using at home, again, There are also, one thing I found works really well, if they have access to a red light therapy, that's helping them both regulate their sleep. It's not another medicine they have to take. Um, it'll help with inflammation. It'll help with stress. It'll help with brain fog or just that overgrowth of inflammation they may have in the brain just trying to process everything. Um, I try to get patients patient on red light. Um, and then I will also add in, I mean, just simple things like I mean, I try to have my patients do some type of mind body every day, um, meditation or, fun, or um, journaling or grad t- something, whatever they, if they buy, if it's something that they're going to buy into, um, I'm trying to think what else they use. Uh,
1: I just just to pause you there on the red light therapy, have you found that optimally is daily, basically in the morning? Like some people find it quite stimulating, don't they? Using it at night because of the energy enhancements in the mitochondria?
0: Um, I'll have most patients do in the morning and I have or or by early afternoon. Mm. Um, the only patients it, it's trial and error I have some my, some of my insomnia patients I'll have them do it at night just because it tends to help reset the melatonin a little bit if they have exposed to a lot of blue light their computer on the, somebody who's on the computer hours on end, um, but usually it's by early afternoon I have them stop it um, like but daily though, like at least five out of seven days.
1: Yeah for what sort of 10, 12 minutes a day?
0: Exactly. Each,
1: yeah. each side,
0: basically. Depending on what unit they have, yeah. So. Yeah,
1: depending on unless they've got a double,
0: yeah. I mean, some yeah, patients who go to the who go on a go to the bed and they just hop up in there for ten minutes and they're good to go. Mm-hmm.
1: What about sauna as well? Or have you found that sometimes, in terms of infrared sauna, I know there's kind of differing views because it is healing, but it's also a form of stress on the body as well have you found that that's been helping with recovery or helping with managed stress or is it sometimes just adding too much of a load
0: i'm a proponent of it um i know there's some debate in terms of the good i mean the fact that it has on the heat shock proteins and other effects i think outweighs everything else um somebody who's very on the who's very, who has a lot of issues going on it's not my first thought if it's somebody mm-hmm. who's more in a, kind of maintenance or prevention and um, then I think a sauna is great. I think it's really good for, again, work on the mitochondria, helping with inflammation, helping with the brain. I think it has just some enough benefits that it's has out will outweigh any type of negative effects. But again, if somebody who's re- has really bad, long COVID, I'm, that's not my first go-to because mm. it can overshoot and, and make them worse rather than better. But for my patients who are kind of mild, I would, I definitely, it's another recommendation.
1: Yeah, and in terms of the NAD, are you that's being administered through an IV? Are you using any kind of specific supplementation alongside that?
0: Oh, that's a whole that's, that, that's a whole other lecture right there. Uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, NAD. My go-to NAD for patients who um, are competent, I either love them, either doing the patches um, once once a couple times a week. I just find it's a way of getting them the higher dose without them having to come to the office for the IV. I mean, mm-hmm. IV is still the best of, of all the things that are out there if you have the time to do it. I mean, I, most patients can get it done in about three hours, but a lot of people don't have three hours to, to do it right now. Um, the other way I'm having patients do it is either through injecting mm-hmm. themselves into the belly okay. um, once or twice a week. Some people are doing it for three times a week. Um, or now um, I'm really starting to love the melt tabs that dissolve in your mouth. Um, okay they work they're really really good and have a really good beneficial general effect of the nad so i mean compared to what was available like a year ago in terms of nad mm. now it's a lot higher quality higher dose and you don't have to do the iv if you just can't or won't or um, don't have the time to do it compared to a year ago and you use the, the
1: nad growth. over something like nmn which i know dr david sinclair uses quite a bit
0: um, I've had more patients just do better with the NAD or the NR as opposed to the NMN. The only reason I'll use NMN as part of my anti-aging protocol if somebody's doing the full one, because there's a little more studies with about 50-50, I guess, but I've had patients do better with that with the NMN. Um, there's just hard, I'm having a harder time finding how many patients find the NMN at the good quality NMN at this point compared to other versions of it. Um, so I'm still more an NR person, but. Select the patients I will use the NMN. I'm still waiting for those head to head studies to come out and see which one's better.
1: And I'm curious, in terms of like dietary protocol, whether you have a kind of format that you recommend for your patients or whether it's very sort of bio individual.
0: Oh, it's so bio individual. I hate the Mm -hmm. one size fits all diet. I think that makes no sense to me because everybody's different, everybody has different demands, everybody's different lifestyle situations. I mean, I would, love to be able to do keto, I would love to be able to do keto, at least cyclic keto. I will bottom out by insulin crashes. I feel horrible, so I can I do as long as I can. Um, so everybody's different for different goals and different lifestyles. I mean, I the only thing I'm, I have patients definitely do an obvious anti-inflammatory diet, avoiding sugar, gluten, dairy. Uh, if they're a, a chronic illness patient like fibro or something like that, I'll have them try to avoid lectins if they can. Um And then I love for brain, for brain patients, I love that if they could do keto, if possible, at least for a short period of time, um, least a couple months, they make sure they get, they're getting into true ketosis. Um, so that, that's my recommendation. Otherwise it's, I'm more proponent of a higher fat, low carb diet, no matter what. Um, I'm not as huge a fan of a plant-based diet. It's just not as much. Some of the nutrients aren't in there as much, but if that's what patients want. As long as they're supplementing with what they need, then I'll do that too. Um, Mm. I I mainly get get the inflammation out, try to regulate the immune system, give the brain what it needs, and then we can mix and match from there.
1: Yeah. And presumably use relatively high levels or at least moderate levels of protein alongside that.
0: Oh, I want yeah. most of my patients are not getting enough protein in their diet, Mm. Um, especially my patients who are workout junkies with a lot of high achievers are. But they're working out mm. five. They think more is better sometimes, which actually it's not. I mean, actually, it's you gonna. Know, I think you mentioned before they're overtraining and causing mm. more harm than good. But yeah, no. I mean, they, I recommend sometimes up to two grams a day, two grams per kg of protein a day. Um, make sure they're getting the adequate lucy in their diet. A lot of times they have to supplement to get it. So I want. Um, so do, do you
1: do two grams per kilo?
0: Optimally, yeah. Did you say? Yes, yeah, which is,
1: uh, yeah. So here we do, yeah, a gram per pound. That's what, yeah. And as long as you're getting enough leucine, and then I find as long as they're complementing it with things like kind of more nose to tail, plenty of glycine, things like that. Because I think that sometimes people worry about eating too much protein. But in my experience, m- most people never actually get to where they need to be anyway. <laughs> Even when you give them something like a high level, they actually find it very difficult to achieve that, as you say, without supplementation.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I'm a big. Mm. It's, I mean, if it's an side effect, that's okay. But if they have some kind of malabsorption or something, then it's a different story. But most patients feel better. And most of my, a lot of my patients are seeing me to put on masks and trying to boost their workout. So it's not really a battle. But again, like you said, it's a lot of times it's just adding the right supplementation to get them where they need to be. And
1: just kind of coming back to that in terms of thinking about mTOR and also when you were mentioning with the peptides, with human growth hormone, do you worry about that? Or how do you sort of regulate that?
0: that again, another, there's another rabbit hole to go down. Um, there's there's still a big debate. I mean, the question is, again, is fasting and all that stuff, AMP versus mTOR. It's kind of a not right now we find that the studies are showing that the growth hormone peptides are actually, you still can put on mass. It's not a concern with mTOR. Um, again, you may want to be cyclic with it. So if your patients who do want to try to put on muscle, it works well. Um, so I think that's beneficial. Um, the, the one that works on AMPK, which is MOTC, we only do for two months, so we don't want to hyper-regulate, not hyper-regulate, hyper the uh, AMPK. We'll do that as well. Um, and then, again, you can always kind of – everything specific. That's why you want to um, first, quote-unquote, make sure they have the right stack. For those Stack means combining certain peptides and other supplements so they work better together than separately, but you're also rotating things on and off. So you're not just hyper-stimulating the same pathway on and off for – months and months and months as if you want to I mean most things except for BPC I don't do more than like maybe three months for any patient. Um and then we, we're switching off to other things.
1: Okay, interesting. And I guess actually one of the questions I have coming back here with a couple is on um hair loss because you sort of mentioned that in passing and, and red light therapy for example has been shown in some studies to help with that as well. What have you found in, in terms of like that combination plus the peptides because Um, Sometimes people seem to have, obviously, a genetic predisposition um, to hair loss. It can be linked to other things, for example, like iron deficiency in menstruating women as well, for example. Um, But it is a really, really common thing that people have thinning hair. Have you found that there's certain stats that work with men versus women? Um, What have you found in that regard?
0: No, it's become, at least here in New York and L.A., um, the big metropolitan areas, that's become really part of the go-to treatment. Um, for hair loss, I mean, obviously, no matter what, um, you're looking for the, the root cause of it. Again, is there a thyroid? Is it Are they iron deficient? Are they mm-hmm. not absorbing with the gut? You obviously want to rule that out. Otherwise, you're kind of just chasing your tail and charging these patients money for something that they may never fix. But otherwise, yeah, in terms of cosmetic treatment, it's usually a combination of uh, injectable or IV, thymus, and beta-4 with the use of um, PTD, DBM. Dr. Paul, sorry, yeah.
1: can I ask you to... Re- can I... Can you hear me? Sorry. Can I ask you just to repeat that in terms of hair loss on the go-to? Because I think the connection literally just dropped. And so um, I didn't, after you said in LA and New York, I don't think we heard it.
0: Okay, sure. In LA and New York, it's become part of the go-to cosmetic hair loss treatment. Um, It's a a pretty comprehensive cocktail at this point um, where we're using um, the red light, either the red light helmet or a red light panel with doing, um, a combination of four peptides, which is thymus and beta four, usually injectable or IV with three that you can microneedle, which is PTD, DBM. Uh, then you have um, GHK copper and zinc thymulin as a combination. You're injecting that as a kind of a microneedling or I'll just, will inject right into the scalp. And then the other thing that's become really big here is what are called exosomes. Exosome is kind of superseded P pe- with, PRP or platelet-rich plasma, which is blood we dry out and then spin it in a centrifuge mm-hmm. um, to purify it. We find much better results with that. That's been the highest-end cocktail. And we've had really good success. It's still something that you have to do every three to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's working better in women – And sorry, doing better in men than women. Um, with women, you definitely – I think with women, it's unfortunately, a lot of times, if they're having the hair loss, it could be much more hormonal issue, be it female hormones, be it thyroid, be it iron deficiency. Mm-hmm. So you have to really work on somebody like not somebody like me who plays on who does the anti-aging, but also understand the functional component of it. Some of the dermatologists or plastic surgeons, just, okay, I'm going to inject your head with this and aren't fixing the other part of it. And it just doesn't work as well. I'm one of the few people kind of has both buckets or it works really well. Um, it's, it's growing and growing. Um, I think the red and the advance of red light is, is getting better and better. It's great that they can do something more naturally as opposed to having to take thousands of dollars of medication mm.
1: yeah it's interesting as well because the plp actually works very well as a facial treatment as well doesn't it in terms of stimulating collagen production in terms of the red light have you seen differences between the cap which is obviously much closer to the hair follicles compared to panel use or are you just getting kind of patients to sort of lean forward because obviously if you've got hair right and you're just trying to thicken the hair it's, it's slightly different isn't it If someone's got a bald head to sort of move it
0: nearer the cap, a good cap is much better. Mm. I mean, that, but it's. I mean, at least uh, by here, the good caps are pretty expensive mm. compared to the panels. So, if, um, but the caps are better. Okay. And, uh,
1: yeah, no, I can imagine. Okay, cool. And um, so, what have you? What's exciting before we close? What's exciting? What's new for twenty twenty one? That you are observing, you mentioned a few things in passing there. But what are you most excited about in terms of integrative and uh, medicine and longevity?
0: Um, I'm excited about two things. I'm definitely excited about the mitochondrial peptides and all the research that's being done to help boost um, the mitochondria and the association that we're having with systemic disease. That we're kind of moving away from. Okay, it's Alzheimer's. We're just going to work locally. We're now going to try to fix the problem. Um, I think that's great. Um, there's a medicine that's kind of gotten a little more um, play here, something called spermidine. Um, I don't know if it's big over in, in Europe yet, um, that boosts autophagy and muscle growth and has gotten a re- really good effects, both for the general population who's trying to boost health and performance, and also, again, in patients who have chronic illness. Um, and then I'm really excited for some two other things. One would be um, that some of the tech has come out, especially some of the transcranial stimulation, some of the technology is coming out for both anxiety and depression and also for pain. I do have a lot of pain patients in my practice and I can treat them by doing either the transcranial stimulation or VR virtual reality, which is I've tried some of the new ones that are coming out and they're incredible. That's such a win for me, that patients are going to have be addicted to opioids and other medications and have all this, this, the side effects you get. I think that is a lot of it got delayed, unfortunately with COVID. And now hopefully as things kind of finally open up again, um, you're going to see a lot of cool technology that got bottled up last year because nobody paid attention to it or got bogged down in technical stuff. Um, and the last thing is, again, I think, plant medicine, at least here in the U.S., I think in other places as well, is going to be huge within three years, kind of the way that CBD was a couple of years ago. Mm,
1: yeah, I agree. I agree. Interesting. That, 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 the R that you mentioned there, That I'm curious about that. How does that work in terms of managing anxiety and depression?
0: Um, they're finding that, they've done, that either some will have just specific reprogramming of the brain through the program that you're watching. Some are just, some are, some are much more complex, will have a specific, I don't know what the word would be, a specific piece that's on a certain area of the brain to help regulate the brain while you're doing a specific program. They're much more complex and expensive. Some are more just, they find that if you do a visual plus the hearing of a, a meditation or some type of mindset program. That since you're having access to two senses, both the, the audible, because it's it's, you, obviously you can hear it, and also seeing something at the same time, they find that it works well. And a lot of chronic pain patients, are doing, they've done some, a lot of studies now, uh, post-surgical patients, where their pain, they had a much lower need for pain medication than people who didn't do the VR. Um, so there's a whole spectrum of what's out there now. Um, some are very basic and less expensive. Some are really more for chronic pain patients. They're going to be more expensive, but have better... Haven't be much stronger
1: mm. interesting and does it use things like neurofeedback then alongside it
0: um some it's part of the some are part of the studies it doesn't none of them do neurofeedback that's a totally separate entity right now okay um i love neurofeedback it just mm. here at least here it's very hard to find somebody who's very qualified in doing it, um, Is it? but I, I i love neurofeedback i think it's a great technology yeah
1: it was interesting when I was interviewing um, the founder of Mind Lab, who'd kind of connected an extra, um, an extra piece that went with the um, Muse headband. So it was an extra sensor that you can use alongside, and then allows practitioners to work remotely, neurofeedback practitioners to work remotely with people, so they didn't actually have to come into clinic. Quite interesting, just to make it more accessible to people. I
0: gotta check um, that out. That's mm. cool. I didn't know that. Cool.
1: Yeah, Aziz, um, I can send you, I'll send you after this, the details. Um, Exciting. So um, in terms of, uh, you obviously work remotely with a lot of patients. Um, Do you do, presumably, and I think I'm pretty sure I've seen it on your website, you do online consultations with people. Um, Is that worldwide?
0: Right now, it's not worldwide. I mean, we're discussing programs. Um, I've got, because of a couple, because of social media, I'm getting requests from all over the world now um what we're working on for europe and asia is a, a, a protocol and program that i can do there i'm not licensed there so i can't give medical advice uh can't give like i can't prescribe medications or anything but i can develop a program for a general program and recommendations with, where they work with their own provider um we now have a kind of a a list of providers in most countries that can you'll work along with on the protocol that i'm recommending uh, especially in england germany and, a, and I think it's Spain and Portugal right now. We already have like practitioners that we already work with to kind of augment that. It's just, we don't know how, we don't know what, I know things are legal here that are not legal in, in London or England and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, throughout the US, I do telemedicine and work patients through all different things. Cause now everything is, I can mail everything to almost every state in the country.
1: Amazing. So um, shout out, how can people find you? I know you're pretty active on Instagram. You're also on Clubhouse quite a bit uh, recently, I've noticed, giving talks. Um, and your website? Can you link so everyone can kind of find you?
0: Yeah, I mean the best places to reach out to me is uh, if you want to email me is through the website, um, Dr. spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R, my last name Paulvin, P-A-U-L-V-I-N dot com. Otherwise, if you just want to check me out and uh, have want, want to uh, get more information, Instagram. The big two things I use Instagram, and I am loving Clubhouse because it's pretty much like a, it's a free web. It's, it's, it's a webinar without having to pay and do all the Zoom stuff. You can just. I mean, and you get to interact with this great practitioner. I've already hopped on with a bunch of different really great other practitioners who I never would have been able to uh, co- uh, co-work with, and it's great. So definitely uh, check me out there, too. I'm just Dr. Paul on everything else.
1: You don't even uh-huh. have to get dressed for Clubhouse either is what I find because it's audio only. That's one that of the benefits, what, I think.
0: <laughs> everybody's loving that, especially like my, my wife's on it now, and she's a doctor. She's like, yeah, I don't have to do my hair, do my makeup. Yeah. And I have a friend who's done like, who's one of the big hosts on a lot of the big rooms. And she's like, yeah, I can just do it in my sweatpants and my bun and I'm good to go. So.
1: Exactly. The only thing I'd say is it's addictive. When you go on there, it's kind of hard to come off. And some of the conversations last quite a long time,
0: but now I've gone through my initial burst. I have to like, okay, I'm going on for an hour. And now I'm going back to work because otherwise yeah. you'd be on forever
1: yeah for sure but it's a great place to to make um contacts with other people as well um what we will link to all of that in the in the show notes so um thank you so much for coming on and sharing that extensive knowledge i feel like we did a bit of a whirlwind tour there of um everything that you know um so i think we probably have to invite you back if you'd be up for it to go into one area probably in a bit more detail lots of exciting stuff for people to get their teeth into i'd
0: love to come back and uh it was a really good time like talking the stuff
1: yeah no it's very cool thanks again thanks a lot Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a bit sciencey. So if you want to dive into anything that we talked about, any of the research, what peptides to be using, then definitely head over to my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast, where I'll link to everything we talk about. You can pick up the show notes and also download the transcript and there'll be links in there so you can connect with Dr. Paulvin himself as well. Thanks again for listening. Make sure if you haven't already that you do subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode.